Okay, okay, okay. So, so guys, this time, <laughs> I literally was cringing listening to the intro here. Uh, we have an episode with Chantel Page-Turner. She's amazing. But for whatever reason, like, I, I can talk to these people, and I can improvise and chat and have fun. But when it comes to actually reading the words, like, off the paper in their introduction, I trip it up every single time, and it just kills me. And I've been, like, editing them out, but I, I was going to on this one, but it was just so bad, and I was cringing. And I'm like, maybe I'll just re-record it. But I thought it would actually be funnier if I just shared it with you guys and kind of mentioned it ahead of time. So, yeah, here it is. It's pretty bad. Hello, podcast. Welcome back, guys, to What the Funnel. What the Funnel is going on. I am super excited to be here today because we have Ms. Chantel Page-Turner with us on the show today. Now, Chantel is the, uh, she's the queen of Facebook group marketing. She is one of the Facebook power admins. She is a ClickFunnels speaker team. Part of the ClickFunnels speaker team and the founder of the Stronger Mommy and the Culture Method. That was a little rough. I might want to go do that again. Ooh, literally cringing in my chair right now listening to that. But you know what, guys? It just shows that nobody's perfect. I'm just getting started with this stuff. So, you know, I have my imperfections too. But the rest of the episode is actually pretty awesome. So definitely stick around and listen to it. And here's our intro. Did you grow up being told that going to college and getting that dream job was the only way to be successful? Well, that was me too. After applying to 100 jobs in New York City and getting no responses, I changed gears and figured out that my dream job was not really having a job at all. I tried a bunch of different ways to make money online, but nothing quite felt right to me. That's when I realized that if I wanted to make it big, I needed to be serving the people I truly cared about, doing the things that got me the most excited. So I went all out helping everyone I could by teaching them everything I knew about sales funnels. But there was a problem. I could use funnel strategy to grow other people's businesses, but how could I use it to grow my own? This podcast is here to give you that answer. Listen and join me on my journey as I reveal the real talk behind the scenes of the world's best internet sales funnels. My name is Brennan Kelly, and welcome to What the Funnel. I'll re-record at the end. It's okay. All right, sweet. So, Chantel, how are you? Uh, tell everybody about yourself. Give us a little backstory. Say hi. I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, a little backstory. So, I gave birth to my daughter about six years ago, and during birth, she actually had a stroke. We went through a lot trying to actually kind of understand and all of that. And at the time, I was full-time corporate, climbing the corporate ladder, um, commuting about an hour each direction to work and then back home. And so once I had my daughter and all that was going on with her, um, a couple of years in, I realized I just couldn't continue to do that. I couldn't keep commuting all the way to work, all the way back home, sitting in traffic, being away from her, taking off time for all of the doctors and therapy appointments. And so I had to get online and start earning an income that way. Um, found network marketing. I think a lot of people kind of start there. It's a good low barrier online entry. So I dove into that. I did fairly well, but I really wanted to grow and to not be so stuck in a box. Um, I also at the time realized that I really wanted to help other parents who had kids with special needs. I had learned so much and I wanted to share that with these other moms. So I started helping these other special needs parents and I founded Stronger Mommy to do that. Um, and one of the ways that I actually built that brand up very quickly 
was by creating my own private Facebook group, something that was very different from the other groups that were online. The way that I structured, the way that I ran the group was very different. And being in the entrepreneur community, um, I had connected with ClickFunnels, became a part of the ClickFunnels speaker team, and I always loved to give back. And I would talk to other entrepreneurs about stuff, and they would give me value, and I wanted to give back, but Stronger Mommy didn't really work as a value trade with a lot of them. And so I would talk about how I had done my Facebook group and they would lean in. And there are all these different things that I was saying about the structure and how I was doing things where they, I just kept getting back, oh my gosh, you do what? You do that how? That's incredible. And so um, I started helping a lot of other entrepreneurs actually grow their own brands through highly engaged Facebook groups, got invited to the Facebook Power Admins um, and just have kind of been focusing there for a little while and really enjoying that. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, awesome intro. So Facebook groups are your really big thing. So you're the queen of Facebook groups, but can you tell us a little bit more on a background about how a Facebook funnel works, quote unquote, Facebook funnel, how we get people into our funnels through Facebook um, with or without a group, I guess, just so we can kind of understand the process and visualize it. Yeah, so nowadays, no matter what platform you're on, people are trying to figure out who you are and what you do. Um, and the more transparent you can be about that, the better. So Facebook hates when we're not personal. So you have to be very careful and walk the line between like totally just being full business on your personal profile. Um, they created business pages for a reason. They want you to do your business on your business page. But we know that a lot of times, a lot of our audience and the people that we collect as quote unquote friends are our perfect avatar. They are that perfect customer for us. And we have to have a way that they can go, oh my gosh, that's that's somebody I need to connect with and, and they need to know what we do. And so, um, you know, your Facebook profile funnel, when people talk about that, really it's, it's that banner at the top of your Facebook page, using that banner to the best of its ability. Don't just throw some family picture up there, like put something up there that helps people understand who you are, what you do, who you serve. Um, you can, you know, I do a lot of editing in Canva, so you don't have to have any kind of fancy equipment or anything like that. I just do it all in Canva. Um, and then having a couple of links, get really clear on where you want to take people. I have just one link in my Facebook profile that takes them to my group. Or if you want to take them to your website, wherever you want those people to go. If you have 12 links, guys, the same reason that a confused mind doesn't buy, a confused mind doesn't click either. <laughs> They're going to bounce around. So just get clear on that. Um, have that, you know, that delineation of what you do. You've got your, your header up at the top, and then you also get a spot to kind of do another graphic right before your links. Um, and then give them one clear link as to where to go. And you can leverage that profile funnel to do a lot. And you can change it from time to time, but just let people know kind of who you are and what you do. Okay, so the big thing is the cover photo there. Now, what, what other pieces of the profile can we optimize to get people coming into our funnel? Um, you know, what you're posting a lot of times is really important as well. So um, Facebook, the algorithm itself is always kind of trying to figure out how to serve its community best. A lot of people kind of hate on the Facebook algorithm because they're not seeing the right things in their newsfeed um, or they feel like their post isn't reaching anyone. But Truly, if you just understand how it works and that it's always changing, <laughs> which can be complicated, um, you can use it to the best of your advantage. So Facebook is, you have to understand things from Facebook's point of view. They're looking to serve their community at the highest level. And the way that they do that is by looking for engagement and activity on a specific post. So the more engagement you can get, that's likes, comments, and shares, 
the more they will show that post to more people. So you want to have something that draws the reader in right away. Facebook is a story-based platform, so don't go out there and pitch. Do something that is story-based. Have decent copy. That's the words that you're putting in your post. Um, bring them in and then do something at the end that forces people to comment. You can either say comment and then give them something to comment or just ask them a question. Leave it open-ended. The more comments you get, the more you like those comments and respond to those comments, the more Facebook will actually show that to more people. And then from there, you can always do some kind of call to action where you're directing them somewhere else. So you, even your posts become a part of that profile funnel. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And so you have a big part of what you do is you host your own Facebook group and we know you because it is one of the most highly engaged Facebook groups that I've ever seen or heard of. So aside from using your own, how are you utilizing other Facebook groups to kind of get people in there? And you know, what are some tactics that we can use to maximize our efforts in Facebook groups? Yeah, so we never want to be spammy in other people's groups. It's something that you've probably seen somebody do and you hate, and then you've probably accidentally done it. And you maybe you didn't even mean to, but it comes across really spammy when we are like, hey, I'm amazing and I have all of this amazing stuff you should buy for me. Nobody wants that. If you wouldn't do it in real life, don't do it online should be like the true definition, right? You don't just walk into a party and everyone you meet, you're like, hey, I'm Chantel and I have something to sell you. How's it going? Right? We just don't do that. So don't do it online. Um, the best thing to do is to throw out value. And a lot of people think, ooh, these are my secrets. This is my special knowledge. I don't want to give it away. I'm not saying give away the farm, but give value. When you see somebody that's brand new that has a question, I don't care if you roll your eyes and you think it's a stupid question, answer it. Serve that person. Because the more that you serve, the more those people are going to come back to you and go, oh my gosh, that person, they helped me. They gave value. Now I want to pay them to help me more. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, that's where a lot of my actually initial clients came from. So when I first started doing consultations, that was literally it. I would do Facebook lives and I would just give away value. I would teach what I was learning or I would go into a group and literally something that I do a lot and I try to focus on is when somebody asks a question in a group, you know, people will give like their, their short answer saying, Hey, yeah, you should do this or try this, you know? So what I'll do is blatantly blow them out of the water and put in like four paragraphs of content and value. And then, you know, it's cool because those end up getting, you know, a ton of engagement. People reply to those people will like and love those. And I'll get like 10, 15 likes and loves on a comment, which is like unheard of. But then that feeds the algorithm too, that we were talking about before. So, Definitely giving value, I agree, is by far the best way that you can go about um, utilizing a group. It does, and Facebook curates the comments. So if your comment is getting a lot of support, a lot of engagement, likes and loves and stuff like that, Facebook will show that comment within the thread to more people. Again, elevating you, you what you do, your brand. And again, if you have your Facebook profile set up right, people go, oh my gosh, this person has a ton of value. Let me go check them out on their page. Mm -hmm. And then they go to your page and they can get into your funnel. So it's really important that you are dropping that value, that you're providing value. And if you're just starting out and you have the time, offer your time to people and say, Hey, if you need some help, I'll hop on a zoom real fast with you and I'll show you how to do it. Like if you have the time, you can make some amazing connections with people and clients. And I've actually been able to connect with some really high level entrepreneurs um, and leaders inside the community just by offering that value, getting value back. And now they're friends and the connections that they have to other people are outstanding. And just, it's just by providing value. Mm -hmm. And something to add on to that too is, you know, when you leave in a really good comment like that in a post, it's not only the person who posted, it's not only the people who commented, but then all of the hundreds or thousands of other people that are actually just scrolling and never actually interact with the post, they all see that comment as well. Maybe they'll scroll over your name, see that banner ad, and then, you know, go into your profile and click in as well. 
And it teaches Facebook that you're a person that people value. So again, we're always teaching the algorithm to value us. Um, if the more times that you have a comment that people like and share and, and engage with or a post, Facebook goes, oh my gosh, the content that this person has to share is really valuable. We should show it to more people. So the more you can give value and be of value, Facebook will recognize that as well. Okay. So, so tell me this, what do you think about, um, I guess, frequency is the best way to put it. So we're in these groups, we're interacting, we're commenting, we're posting. How often should we be commenting versus posting? Um, you know, should we be in there as much as possible? Is more always better? Or what's your take on that? I think you never want to be the squeaky wheel. <laughs> you don't want to be that person that posts so much that people go, oh my gosh, there's that post again. Mm -hmm. There it is. Chantel's making another one. What's she, you know, like what's she talking about now? You want to be that person that people see it and they go, oh my gosh, that person always drops value. I've got to go read that post because it pops up in their notifications, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say whenever it comes to responding to something, if there if somebody asks a question and needs support, if you have the answer, always more is great. Always give value there. As far as when to just make your own post, if you have a question, by all means, leverage the power of, of the different groups you're in and get your question answered. For example, I'm in the ClickFunnels group. For me, it's a lot quicker for both, and it's better for ClickFunnels as well. Instead of messaging support, some silly question I know a member can answer, I ask it in the group, mm -hmm. right? It allows other people to serve, which makes them feel good too. So that's great. Um, but don't drop a value post four times a day in a group, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't want to be like spamming the group with too much value. Um, drop a value post once a week. Don't be overly consistent. And the same thing on your personal profile. If you post 12 times a day, Facebook is not going to show that to anybody. So be consistent. Um, do provide value, but be strategic in how you provide it and where you provide it. Okay, awesome. So transitioning a little bit. Now we're all active in other people's groups and, you know, we're posting, we're commenting, we're getting action, right? So when do you think it is the right time to transition and say, okay, maybe it's time to start my own group and start catering that? You know, what are the signs there? I is personally there? think everyone should run their own group, but that's probably because I, I just geek out on having a Facebook group. I think okay. anytime you're looking to really become known in your industry, really start to brand yourself for what you do. Um, even if you don't have something to sell yet, but you know who you serve. So, you know, I know like, um, the customer avatar is huge, right? Who's that person? I know that's something that you do all the time. You, you mm -hmm. talk about how important that customer avatar is. So mm -hmm. ultimately you can't have a group. Um, you shouldn't have a group until you nail who your customer avatar is, who you're serving. Once you know who you're serving and once you have figured out what the common pain points among those people are, that's when it's time to start a group. And it's okay if you don't have something to sell yet. Um, but even if you have zero audience, even if you don't, like you're not known yet, having your own group can very quickly elevate you and get people to know, like, and trust you. So that's kind of the time is to say, wow, I figured out who I want to serve. I know who that person is. Now it's time that I actually gather that community, especially if there's not a great place for that community online. So for me, when I started Stronger Mommy, there were other special needs parenting groups. I was definitely not the first, but I was different. I hated all the negativity, um, the hatred that was in these groups that should have been a support and safe space. So I created my own and was very different. And so if you can say, hey, I have something of value, I know who I want to give it to, and I know how to be different than everything else that's out there, that's definitely the time to start your own group and to be the leader of that tribe. Okay, so, so what did you do exactly, just for an example, to kind of set yourself apart from those other groups, um, you know, aside from just saying it's a safe zone? 
Yeah. So I, I very quickly said there would be zero negativity. I would not tolerate it. We get enough crap out there on Facebook um, or in the regular world even. So keyboard confidence, you're going to throw that out the window. It is time to be supportive, right? Everybody hides behind their keyboard. Um, so that was a big thing for me. I, I didn't allow any kind of, um, for, for my community, vaccination posts are just as bad as political posts. So no political, no vaccination. Anything that would automatically attract negativity, it's not allowed. Um, I require admin approval for all posts, and it's always been that way from the beginning. So it doesn't scare people away. It does something that's really magical. In fact, it actually saves me a ton of time um, because I'm able to not have to have to go back and like figure out you know, what negative thing was posted and what do I have to clean up? I'm the only admin for my group of over 3000 people and never have a problem. Mm -hmm. I spend less than 15 minutes a day and I engage with my group members as the admin. So I actually, when they post, I'm able to quickly read it, approve it, and then go comment and offer value. So I get the admin badge. I'm the first person to comment. I provide a ton of value to them just by commenting and they feel so special and loved by me. And that's what you want. So I'll have people within my group. I had somebody message me the other day and she said, Chantal, I have made more friends in the first 10 minutes of joining your group than I've made in the last 10 years in life. Thank you for this. Now, did I connect her to 10 friends? Did I say, hey, I have somebody you need to meet? No, of course not. But because my group helped her make friends, I'm that person that provided the value and she sees that in me and she wants to connect to me. So that's the same thing that you want to do for your customers. So set your post to everything has to be approved by admin and then approve the ones that you like and go comment on them right away. And that's pretty cool too, because then it looks like you're like in there all the time engaging with everybody. So it's not even like, you know, it looks like you run it and you care about it and you're sitting there all day waiting for somebody to post too. Yes. My, like, of course I care about my members. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But yeah. I'm pretty sure my members think I care about them a lot more than I do. <laughs> Um, because of how we do that, right? So I, I usually do it twice a day. I approve posts first thing in the morning for anything that kind of came in throughout the night. Um, I spend maybe five minutes approving posts and commenting. And then again, you know, towards the end of the day before bed, go approve posts, go comment. You are the first comment and they feel like, oh my God, this person who is the admin of this group, they must be so busy and have so much on their plate. They took the time to comment on my posts. Like they feel so much value. And you're like, yeah, I took five seconds while I was doing it anyway. Like it's, <laughs> it's just yeah, amazing. And it's like, you're the celebrity to them, right? Yes. You become yeah. this, like, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how that can really work out if you do it right. Okay, sweet. So tell me this, and this one's for me, not for the audience, because I'm struggling in this area right now. So I started a group and there wasn't too much strategy behind it, but this was a few months ago. And you know, there's a few hundred people in it. And it's more or less the engagement has like gone to shit. It's like totally down. Right? So what's the recovery process for me to, you know, start from where I am and start get people into a super highly engaged group like yours. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I have over 90% of my group members active and engaged and the group's been around for about two years. So typically you'll get a lot of engagement early on and then drops off. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to maintain that engagement for some very specific reasons. So um, consistency in what you post and when you post, if you post too often, we kind of talked about this earlier. It's the same as being in other groups. Mm -hmm. You don't want to like poo poo on your group all the time because then you become noise. So I see a lot of admins that are like, hey guys, it's Magic Monday and it's Try It Tuesday and it's Work It Wednesday and it's you know Thriving Thursday and Fantastic Friday every single day of the week and they use the same graphic. And so what happens is you see that notification and you're like, oh, it's just Jennifer posting again. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you ignore. And so instead, you wanna pick one day a week where you do what I call a self-share post. Pick one of those days and for me, it's Positive Monday for my group. 
hey, share something great that happened to you this past week so we can all celebrate together and then hashtag it so it's searchable, right? For me, it's hashtag uh, small steps, giant leaps. And so now I've given them a forum to actually have a place where they get to talk about themselves. People love to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And then everyone likes and comments on it and people feel so special. Winning. Okay. I go live one time a week at the exact same time on the exact same day every single week. So people know when to tune in and I give value. Sometimes it's a Q and a, sometimes it's something on my heart, whatever, but they start to expect that live and then that's it. Occasionally I'll run a poll if I want to do some market research. If your group has died off and you need to like fluctuate the engagement back, um, a great thing to do is find something that's already viral and relevant to your group. Just find something out there on the internet, share it. What happens is Facebook says, Ooh, this content is already really important to everyone on Facebook. So we should show it to all your group members as well. And okay, then your group members, right? Right. I it already has virality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Facebook already knows. So they show it to everyone in your group. But what happens, this is where the magic happens, is that those group members will like and comment on that post because that post already has engagement. We know it drives it. But that comment, that like, technically happens inside the group. Even though they didn't come into the group, it's in their main newsfeed, mm -hmm. it happens inside your group. So Facebook says, ooh, the stuff that you post in your group is valuable to your group members. I think I'll show you, show them more of it. And so by a couple of viral posts getting shared from you into your group, you can very quickly re like reignite the group and the engagement that's happening. And then what happens with Facebook with the algorithm right now is when somebody is spending a little bit of time in a group, then they start to see more posts from that group in their newsfeed. So it'll kind of like just trickle and it'll actually re-engage the group very quickly. Okay, so let me just make sure I'm getting this right. So if you share something into the group rather than just posting into the group, that will show up on their newsfeed rather than them having to actually go into the group? Um, anything in the group in general can show up on their newsfeed or they can go into the group and see it. So it just kind of depends. Okay. Um, but what if somebody's not friends with you and they're in a group, it's unlikely it will show up in their newsfeed. But if it's a viral post that already has so much engagement, so something viral would be something that's already had like over 500 shares, over a thousand likes, mm -hmm. um, you know, over a thousand comments, that's viral. So if you share that, and it has to be relevant, if you share that yeah. into your group, um, it will, Facebook will go, ooh, I should show this to all the group people because clearly it's important and it will show to them, but it's still tied to your actual group. So when those people that see it in their newsfeed comment, like, engage, um, it kind of like helps Facebook go, oh, the group is important to these people. And then it starts to show them more of the group posts inside their normal newsfeed. Okay, so share some viral posts and get consistent with lives once a week and with posting a weekly, you know, themed post, right? Yeah, and just pick one and be consistent with it each week so that people start to expect, like people wait for Positive Monday for my group. They are like, I know it's not Monday yet, but I had to share, here's this thing, it's Friday, but it'll go on Positive Monday, right? They're so excited. Or sometimes I've been traveling out of the country, I'm in a different time zone, I'm totally off, and I miss my 9 a.m. Positive Monday post. Mm. Other group members will post and be like, guys, it's Positive Monday, I think Chantel's out of town or something, but um, quick, 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 Positive Monday. Like they, they wow, really yeah. That's that awesome. Post, right? And that's what you want inside of your group. Maybe one day I'll get there. <laughs> all, right, all right. So cool. I have those three things. So now we're in groups. We're being active. We are getting people. We started our own group. We're getting people in there. So let's talk about monetization a little bit. Now, is this something that you really focus on or is it kind of a side project? Does it happen naturally? Are you actively promoting your products? Tell us a little bit about the process that you go through and actually um, monetizing that group. 
I don't know that monetization ever happens naturally. Like I, if you have nothing to sell, I don't think people just come to you and say, can I give you money? I think it'd be great, mm -hmm. right? Like you have to have something to sell. Um, but you're always gonna be cultivating that audience until you're ready to sell. And in fact, you should totally use that audience to help you figure out what to sell them. So you're, cre you're bringing all the perfect people together. Your ideal avatar is sitting inside your group. When you need to do market research, it's a great place to do it. I do a poll, I'll ask them questions. Hey, do you guys like this title better or this title? Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to do a webinar. Would you rather it be on this subject or this subject, right? Let them pick, they're so excited to come. So now I'm not selling in the group, they had, they contributed, they feel like they're a part of it, they can't wait to show up. Um, in addition, you should always be training your group members. I close every single live with a call to action, but a call to action doesn't have to mean that you're always selling. So for me, I might say, hey, guys, if you got so much value out of this live today, I just want to know, like, what was your favorite part of today's live? Just comment below. I've told them to do something, and then they've gone and done it. I'm training them to do what I tell them to do at the end of my live. Always give just one call to action. It kills me when people are like, do this, do this, do that, do this thing over here, and people don't know what to do. Um, and then when you do have something to pitch, just don't feel gross and sleazy about it. Just, hey, if you're there to serve and you have value, hey guys, I have something of value to serve you. I've created this thing. I spent a lot of time, a lot of research. You know that I'm in here every single day working so hard for you guys. And I've got this thing. I want you guys to go check it out. Go check it out right now. I guarantee you this is gonna blow your mind. If I don't feel sleazy about it and I truly came at it from a point of value, they won't feel like I, they're being sold. They won't feel sleazy about it. People actually love to buy as long as it's something that they really want and need and you're serving them. And yeah, it goes back to kind of being proud of what you have one and, you know, don't be afraid to sell because uh, if you listen back to the episode with Dan McGabe, basically we were talking about network marketers tend to do this and it's, you know, oh, well, you know, I had this opportunity. We do this, this, and this. Oh, is it network marketing? Well, no, it, it's not. No, uh, not really kind of, but no. And it's like, no, just be proud, you know, of what you do. And his big thing was once he started saying, yeah, I'm in network marketing, he either found that people were like, oh, cool. Or they were like, oh, I don't know what that is. Can you tell me more about it? So again, it's the same thing. Be proud of what you're selling. Selling is good. It's not a bad thing. And a lot of people, they get really worked up when it comes to the actual call to action of the sales part. But if you're proud of what you have and it's natural and your dream customer is actually sitting in front of you, they will be thanking you to buy your product, right? A hundred percent. I think people get um, cold feet and shy and people sense that when you get ready for the sale and then all of a sudden you're like, you hesitate and your voice, you might not even notice it, but your voice changes. Like everything happens and people go, Ooh, I'm getting pitched. Nobody wants to get pitched, but people want to be sold. So I think you just have to be confident and know, like do something you're proud of, have a product you're proud of, whether it's network marketing or something you create yourself or, you know, an item you're selling on eBay or whatever, like be proud of whatever it is you're selling. I've been in the network marketing space. I loved my products. So when I sold them to people, I came at it from a point of like, I honestly want to help change your life for the better. Here's the thing I have. It changed mine. Let's change yours. When I sell my, you know, my programs to my stronger mommies, I know it can absolutely impact their life in such a positive way. So I don't come at it from a gross, ooh, don't buy my stuff because it's kind of, I'm so proud. Mm -hmm. So if they don't, and then don't be tied to the outcome. I think um, Ben Settle actually taught me this and it's one of the greatest things I've ever learned. He did it with a, a deck of cards. Don't be tied to the outcome. So he showed it and, and I can explain it. What happens is in the, in the deck of cards, you know there are four aces. Like guaranteed, you know a, a true, brand new, unopened deck of cards has four aces. But if you start to flip over the cards looking for the ace, you will see yourself get more agitated and start to flip those cards faster when you don't get the ace. And it's the same thing for the yes. 
when we're looking for a yes and we're like, ooh, where's the yes, where's the yes? We start to get agitated when we get all the no's. Just know that some people are gonna say yes and let them come and some people are gonna say no and that's okay and just keep going until you get the yeses. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's really good advice too because a lot of times, you know, especially if you're in the situation where you could use the money and I know how it feels. Then, you, you know, you're like, I'm really relying on this. And then you start to get desperate. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'll drop my price. And then, you know, you end up doing all these crazy things where it's like, there's always the next sale, right? So, you know, people just- see desperation coming from a mile away. And when you are desperate, nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to pay you. But when you're just like, you know what? I'm not saying be nonchalant and be like, buy my shit or don't, right? But mm-hmm. just be open and be like, look, I have something of value. And either it's going to fit for this person or it's not. And that's okay. And just be, be out there, be honest, be true about who you serve and why you serve them. And the right people will come to you as long as you keep going. Absolutely. Really good point there. I like it. So tell me, um, you've been running this group for a while. We all know it's super engaging. Tell me some of the low points. What's gone wrong? Give me like, I mean, you moderate it pretty well. I know that. So tell me what has gone wrong and you know, how you kind of got over that hump. hundred percent. So, um, I have totally attracted the wrong avatar in a way. And this is where it's, you know, it's a learning process. So early on, and and I know this is something you teach and why so many people should listen to you about Avatar, because I thought I knew who I wanted to go after. I knew I wanted to help moms who had kids with special needs. The problem was the people that I was was attracting, and it was my own fault because it was the group I thought I could serve best, Mm -hmm. were super broke. Now I have nothing against people that are struggling financially. I've been there, so I get it. But what I do have a problem with is people that are mentally broke. There is that mindset broke. There are two types of people in the world. There are people who have problems and people who solve problems. I am a problem solver, okay? You throw something at me and I am quickly like, awesome, how can we fix this? Who can I get to help me fix this? There are people that will always have problems when you're like, hey, here's a solution. And they have 12 excuses Mm -hmm. as to why your solution will never work for them. You cannot serve people with problems. You just can't, they're not ready to be served. And so I attracted a lot of those people. And very early on, I got super frustrated because I was like, oh, I just gave, I gave you the answer. Like I didn't charge you for it. I gave you the answer and all you gave me back was 500 excuses as to why it wouldn't work. And it was so frustrating. And so a lot think, of people think, uh, just going off that, a lot of people think that, oh, well now they have to find a solution to that person's excuse or that problem, right? But all it is, and I have a good example that I'll tell after this is, all you have to do is shift the avatar, shift the person that you're talking to, right? And then everything becomes so much easier. And most often, those people, once you shift that avatar, you can not only charge them more money, but the sale is so much easier too. A hundred percent. And it's, it's so much less frustrating, right? When you're trying to like convince somebody why they need your stuff, it's exhausting <laughs> and combating all of those like excuses that people have. And so instead, that's exactly what I did. I shifted that avatar to say, you know what? The people I can actually serve the best, they're not those broke mindset people. They are affluent people that are driven, that are problem solvers, but they're also people who just found out that their child has special needs. They are me six mm-hmm. years ago. I can serve them because I'm six years ahead because I didn't just find out. I have all the answers. But I'm serving now the people that are ready to be served, that are looking for somebody who has a solution, not the people that are looking for excuses. Awesome. And I'll I'll tell another example. So I was doing a Facebook Live a few weeks ago, and basically somebody was in the comments and they're like, well, you know, I I don't really see how this works for me. Like I, I, they were, there was a, they were selling, I, I believe parenting. It was a parenting course for people who are struggling with their kids, obviously. So they said, well, you know, this is my dream customer. People who are struggling with their kids because that's the problem that my course solves. 
So, but I'm having trouble selling these people. I'm like, well, what if it's not your dream customer, right? You're kind of assuming that it is because that's what you see the, the problem that your course is solving, right? And she's like, okay, well, so what do I do? And I said, well, what if we just think of somebody else, right? So who else is struggling with their kids? It doesn't have to be that person who has serious problems. So what if we change it from somebody who's really struggling and they're always fighting with their kids and everything to somebody who is really busy and works an awesome job or something, but they're crazy busy. So they can't spend time with their kids, but they still want to have an amazing relationship with them. And just that one little shift. And she, she literally sent me a message back. It was a voice message on message. She was like, Oh my God, you are genius. And I, you know, that, that was just awesome for me. But all she had to do was go from, all right, I'm serving people who are really struggling with their kids to I'm serving somebody who's living a busy lifestyle, who is probably more affluent and somebody who wants to still have an amazing relationship with their kids. So the thing is, they could obviously charge that person probably five times the amount that they would compared to the other, other avatar. And that person is into self-development and improvement most likely already. So they'd be way, way, way more likely to actually want their product to begin with and they wouldn't actually have to sell them. So that, that was just a huge thing for her and she got so much clarity out of it and it was awesome. So I want to share that example because I feel like it resonated. No, it's great. It's a hundred percent. I think a lot of times we have to serve the wrong person or try, right? We have to have, <laughs> we have to have the wrong avatar yeah. to learn who we don't want to serve. It took mm -hmm. me, if I had just like started out, I probably wouldn't have, I didn't know obviously that these are the people I now want to serve. These are the people I can serve the best. And she didn't know that you have to sometimes hit the wrong person to go, Ooh, I don't want to work with those people. <laughs> Here's all the reasons why I thought I wanted to help all of the special needs moms. And I do, but I realized that some of them are exhausting and they actually like drain me and make me not want to do what I do. So you have to kind of like figure out who you don't want to serve. So you can figure out who you do want to serve and who you can serve best. And I, I've been through that process too, once or twice. So I, um, I started out in e-com on eBay and then I went to Amazon and then that kind of got shut down overnight. So this I had to figure out where I wanted to go next. So I figured, okay, I want to keep selling products because that's what I knew. But then I realized that I really didn't like just selling Chinese products to random people because it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't helping anybody. And I don't know, it just wasn't great. So then I was said, okay, well, you know, a lot of people are doing this whole lead generation agency right now. So I know I can make a ton of money with it. So I'm going to find local practitioners and go help them out and build funnels for them because that's what I knew I could do. So I figured out very, very quickly that that was not at all who I wanted to work with because like it was a couple days after I got the contract done and all that, that they were contacting me, hey, how's this? Can you do this? What about this? And maybe I just set it up wrong, but I realized so, so fast that I did not want to work with medical practitioners for the rest of my life. So I made the shift and now I'm kind of doing agency work around entrepreneurs, people who already have businesses. They're not necessarily local businesses, but they need a funnel to attach to that business. So I just found out through talking in consultations and whatnot that those people are way more fun to actually talk to. <laughs> like they're not totally worried about the business. They'll collaborate with me. They'll say, Ooh, here, here's this idea. Here's that, you know, it's less of, Oh, here's this, go do the job and come back to me when it's done. And I hope it works. Right. Well, and those clients that, that you are able to charge more for that, um, you know, that, that, turn out to be your better avatar are the people that you love to serve and they also need you the least. It's kind of funny. So the people that pay the most need you the least and it becomes this great relationship where everybody kind of gets what they're looking for. But those people that are desperate, that aren't really a good fit for you, they actually burn you out on your business. They make you not want to do what you do and they're so needy. They're exhausting. And you're they like, are. <laughs> I get into this, right? Those people that are paying $10 a month, 
need way more out of you. They suck the life out of you so much more than the people that are paying 10,000 a month. And so um, ultimately like you're better off finding that perfect avatar and then serving them at the highest level, getting those people that can pay the highest amount because they're going to get more out of you. They're actually going to implement. They're going to do what you say. They're not going to throw up a bunch of reasons and excuses why they can't do it. They're just going to go. You're going to get so much more out of them. So you're going to feel like you want to give more. It's going to be just this amazing relationship. Yeah. So, and that's something that I preach too. Like if you actually go back to the podcast intro, it literally says, and I figured out that if I wanted to make it big, I'm going to have to serve the people that I really love talking to and doing what gets me the most excited. So I'm totally right there with you. All right, Chantal. Well, we have had an amazing time. Um, can you just, I don't know, is there anything else that the audience needs to know before we let you go about, you know, Facebook marketing, Facebook groups, how to get people into the funnels, um, anything like that? I think ultimately it's about clarity and sometimes you just have to try a couple of things, but don't bounce around trying all the different shiny objects. Get clear on who you want to serve, get clear on that avatar, right? And then figure out how you want to serve them, figure out what it is that they actually need. Do some market research, ask, mm -hmm. ask your audience what they want and then build it with them. I have built courses for you know, like pre done at the work where I built it all out. And then I struggled to sell it because I was so tied to what I had built and nobody wanted to buy it. Instead, the most recent thing that I did, I actually built it as people were asking for it. And it became this amazing product that people couldn't wait to get their hands on. And I wasn't tied to it. I was able to very easily pivot because it was a work in progress. That's when you can truly have that stroke of genius and when you can have the most success. And it when you feel like you're flowing, you know, down, downstream, that's really when you kind of have the most fun when you're not struggling. So, um, it's kind of a win-win for everyone. They get a better product and, and you ultimately love who you serve. So big takeaway on that guys for Chantel here, find out who you want to serve. Number one, find out what you want to give them or what problem you want to solve probably is a better way to put it. And then how you're going to solve that problem. So the who, what, then the how, and if you do that, everything's going to be a whole lot easier, right? Yes, for sure. All right, cool. Well, hey, it was such a pleasure having you on. Um, I would love to get you on again, actually, in the future, <laughs> for sure, because I think we've had a great time today. So um, yeah, thanks so much. And we will talk soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want some serious training to help you get more money out of your funnels? Recently, 100 people joined me in a live three-day masterclass showing you how to develop your avatar, then create the perfect hooks, sales messages, and offers that will have them begging for your products. Do you want those recordings for free? Head over to FunnelAvatar.com to get instant access today, and then we'll catch you on the next episode.